Hello again, podcast listeners. This is the latest episode of the newest educational podcast, the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, which is a podcast by high school principals for high school principals and all educators of Georgia. I am your host, Jim Finch, and I'm the principal of Mary Persons High School located in Forsyth, Georgia. Our mission and vision of this project is to interview high school principals across our state for the sake of professional learning. Thank you for listening to the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, and feel free to use the preferred format, and don't forget to like, listen, and share. Today's podcast is Season 1, Episode 16, and we're back on our normal series of interviews with current or sitting principals. This is our first podcast during the current coronavirus outbreak and all the school closures across Georgia. So the next two episodes will interview two new sitting principals to gain their perspective on their new placement and see how their newly hired position has been impacted by the current outbreak. With that being said, today's guest for episode 16 is none other than Mr. Kevin Yancey. He is the newly named principal at Oconee County High School. How are you today, Mr. Yancey? Doc Fitz, I'm doing well. Thank you for the opportunity to allow me uh, to join you today on the podcast. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule. I know we've kind of got a, a crazy schedule right now, and it's uh, it's interrupted. It's obviously not dominated by teachers and students uh, face-to-face, but it's still dominated by teachers and students in a, in a virtual learning environment. So uh, we've had to adjust a little bit about our availability and, and how we conduct business. So I won't call you uh, not busy because I know that you're very busy in, in a lot of different ways than what it what it used to be. So uh, the same that we do with every candidate, we go over uh, you know a little bit of the educational resume and background and your current job and what your current position is, and then we talk a little bit about your why and maybe uh, some uh, things about your family and some maybe special interests and hobbies and whatever. So for our podcast listeners, if you could just. Uh, give us a little bit of your uh, educational resume and background, and then we'll start uh, uh, launching into some other parts of, uh, of your background from there. Talk about your why, and um, and then we'll go into our, our series of questions. Sure. Well, I was born and raised in uh, Fort Valley, Georgia. attended Peace County High School. I was a graduate in uh, 1996, I believe, and I left there, went to America's Georgia, the Georgia Southwestern. Where I was able to obtain uh, uh, a bachelor's of science in education and uh, didn't really have a focus in heading into the education field quite yet. I uh, ended up in Athens, Georgia, working on my master's degree in education. And it was about 2003, 2002 that I really took a turn to get into the education field. And uh, after leaving Athens, I was able to um, obtain that first teaching position in Hart County, at Hart County Middle School. And, uh, from there, ended up at Eastside High School in Covington, and I was fortunate enough after that to come to Monroe County and spend some time at Mary Persons with with yourself uh, at, at Mary Persons High School doing coaching and teaching, and uh, really, really took some changes of focus from the coaching to the teaching perspective, and ended up in administration at Monroe County Middle School, and uh, from there, I'm my current location, which is Oconee County High School, and uh, just really enjoying the, the path and the direction and the people along the way that I've been able to meet, learn, and grow from. Well, for our podcast listeners, in full d- disclosure of, of uh, mine and Kevin Yancey's relationship, he was a junior at Peach County High School when I first started coaching down there. 
Uh, he will try to indicate how much older I am than, than, than he is, but uh, it's usually only about a five- or six-year gap, I think, between uh, his age and my age. It may be a seven-year gap. I can't remember. But at any rate, um, he was a student of ours when we were down there, and then we were fortunate enough to hire him here at Mary Persons when I first started working here. So um, since we got a little bit of your, your background there, uh, tell us about your current job and how long you've been in your current position. Well, I'm currently the athletic, or excuse me, assistant principal athletic director at Oconee County High School. Uh, this is my fifth year at Oconee, and um, just really enjoyed my time here and excited about the, and humbled for the opportunity that I'm, I'm moving into as of June 1st as the principal at Oconee County High School. Okay, for our podcast listeners, tell us um, why it is that you do what you do. What is your why? I think my, my personal mission is wrapped around putting others before myself. Uh, so I think my why revolves around that fact. I enjoy others being successful and being part of something that's bigger than myself. Um, I think this attitude definitely uh, was ingrained in me through my, my years, whether in youth sports or team sports in high school and, and from being raised by uh, parents who were both in service-oriented industries in our small hometown, Fort Valley. So I think that's kind of my direction of why I continue uh, to push and drive each day is to see others be successful. Um, and maybe, maybe goes back to my days at as, as, as Peach County of trying to be an offensive lineman and, and not really looking for the news clippings, but just going to work to, to help our team be successful. Okay, tell us about your family or any hobbies or special interests that you might have. Well, my wife, who is the... Uh, Kind of the, the strong one in the family, kind of the stalwart. She is uh, an edu- in education as well. She teaches at Oconee County Middle School. We have three boys. Our oldest is a junior in high school. Our middle uh, son is a sixth grader, and our, our youngest is a first grader. Um, we Our hobbies obviously revolve around them and, and, and traveling and watching them play sports and be involved in activities at school and, and at home. And um, it's an opportunity ever presents itself i enjoy to enjoy going camping and hiking and um, definitely enjoy uh, watching high school and college sports um, at particular times throughout the year all right uh as all of our listeners know from our previous episodes um each of our guests have um several unique topics um that we talk about with them and today's topics are obviously going to be the coronavirus outbreak and COVID-19 and and kind of what Mr. Yancey's response and maybe his district response or school's response has been to this. Uh, Another topic that we're going to talk about uh, with him is actually his new placement and uh, kind of talk about how that process has gone for him and what his uh, vision and how he's going to shape his vision for Oconee County High School there. And then finally, like we do with all of our guests, we uh, ask uh, some advice for aspiring leaders, and a lot of times that, that may sound repetitive, but uh, I think it's uh, affirming to a lot of our aspiring leaders to hear uh, different guests kind of say the same thing and then to hear different guests say different things. So those are uh, going to be our topics today, so let's just go ahead and dive right into what uh, is our current uh, new normal here in, in education in Georgia. Um, you know, did you ever think that you might see something or anything as crazy as what we're going through right now? Never did I ever imagine that we would um, 
have to face what we're facing right now. I think it's uh, an issue that, you know, on the front end, obviously there's a lot of negatives that come along with it, but I'm hoping on the other side of it, there's some positives and things that we can grow and learn from. But uh, never did I think I would see a, um, a complete shutdown of life as we knew it. Um, again, very thankful for some things that have come from it as far as having some time at home and, um, you know, the, the rat race that we live in from day to day, I think it's kind of brought some uh, perspective in the fact that uh, we actually get to spend some time at home with our families and eat supper at the dinner table and, uh, you know, help our kids through the, through the twists and turns of, of uh, not only being an educator with other people's children, but also spending some time with our own kids. But I never could have forecasted what, what situation we're in right now. Tell us a little bit about um, how you perceived Oconee County's readiness level uh, when this outbreak and the school closure began, because this kind of suddenly came upon us. I think some folks could see it uh, a little bit on the horizon, but uh, how seamlessly, you know, was your faculty able to transition to fully online instruction? Well, I don't, I don't know if anyone can say they were you know, seamless transition. So I think there's, I think there's a couple different perspectives here. We, we mentioned the word digital learning or you know, extended learning or or learning online, but I think this this phase of dis distance learning is what we're terming in Oconee County is, is just a little different than what the traditional distance learning would be. Uh, we are very fortunate that we did have a learning management system in place. Uh, we put that in a couple of years ago. We had gone to the one-to-one one, uh, district-wide uh, this past school year. So our middle schools and upper elementary had had it the years before. High school came on this year with Chromebooks for all of our students, and so uh, we were fortunate in that state. And we also had last year, in the spring of 19, we kind of did a distance learning day. Uh, but one day doesn't equate to, I think yesterday was day 21 of, of COVID-19 distance learning in, in our, um, since March 13th being the last day. But the transition to distance learning, it, it took some time. Because obviously you can't just replicate what goes on inside of the brick and mortar and plop it right down inside a learning management system and expect it to work. And so it's taken us a while to work out some of the kinks, uh, workloads, um, synchronous learning versus asynchronous learning, and, and uh, really just the communication piece uh, with our stakeholders and our kids and you know how we're expecting to receive work back and give feedback. and. So it's been a process and uh, something that I think our staff has really uh, tuned to and really come around to. Our students are, are being successful. Um, there's just some other things that, that you normally have in a, a building where as far as some accountability factors and some grading things that all districts have had to adjust and change with some guidance from the uh, Georgia Department of Education. But I think in the long run, I think it's something that we can all be better prepared for if this situation works. Uh, to present itself again. Okay. Let's talk about uh, just some senior-related items that are going on there at, um, at, at Oconee County High School. Uh, talk to us, you know, have y'all have made decisions about what events are going to go on, what events are going to get canceled? So we'll start off with something as simple as uh, something we took for granted, just handing out caps and gowns. How, how, is, how are y'all trying to do that there? Well, we, we were very fortunate. Um, 
of all the senior-related events, this is one that uh, we've already kind of knocked out. Um, so our our representatives from the company that uh, we use with our caps and gowns and school itself put a, a plan together uh, with our sister high school and then with ourselves. And uh, we spent last Thursday uh, handing out caps and gowns. And uh, the two high schools here in Oconee bought yard signs, senior yard signs for all the seniors. And so they had something else to come grab as they came and got their caps and gowns. But what we did, our campus is uh, fairly accessible couple ins and outs of exits and getting to the campus and so we made three different locations you know based upon our last names of our students the way they're grouped with our counselors so we were spacing out uh, the number of students that came to each spot and the number of staff that were needed to um, distribute those items so tried our best to follow all the cdc guidelines with staff working and allow our students to pull up and what we would do is just hand them their items or put it in the trunk or put it in the back seat for them and i think as of the other day we only missed about 20 kids uh, that were either not available to come during that time frame um, and we've got another plan working to get those remaining items back out to them uh, first of next week okay what about prom there at oconee county high school what do you what kind of decision have y'all made about that we're going to try to have prom. We're going to hold off and see if it's something that um, when the restrictions clear up, if it's something that we can still um, have for our students. That's one of the, the larger events that we have attended, and it's one of the most popular events, I think, for our students. And so it's something that we would like to have. Uh, if at all possible, we're going, we're going to have it at a later date. So uh, we typically have our prom at a location, whether it's in Athens this year, it's going to be at the Classic Center. So we may have to adjust venue, uh, but we will definitely try to have that if possible for our students. Okay, the next one is an honors night. Uh, what are y'all doing about maybe honors night that is traditionally held uh, in the month of May that recognizes seniors and all their accomplishments? We're working uh, with North Oconee as well uh, to kind of figure that situation out. because Obviously, there's some recognition that needs to take place for our seniors. I believe ours was scheduled for May the 19th, which was Tuesday night, and uh, it usually lasts for a couple hours, and we have it at the Civic Center right in front of the school there. Um, so it's something that we feel like we need to have, whether it's going to be a virtual recognition, um, that's kind of where the schools are leaning towards, and then how we get together to put that process together. Um, we kind of want to do it where a little con more controlled than kind of doing an Instagram or Facebook Live we want to make sure we're able to recognize those students in some capacity and make sure they receive the, uh, the items that they typically receive on an honor time. So that's something we're planning where it works now, um, trying to work with North Oconee as well to uh, ensure that we're able to recognize those students from both high schools. Okay, finally, the big one. Um, what is your school or your district? I guess it sounds like you're, y'all are doing some real good planning up there and 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 doing things in tandem with North Oconee. Um, what have y'all decided about your plans for graduation? Well, that's a good question because that's kind of the first one that came to mind. I think with everybody, uh, the traditional graduation face to face. We typically uh, the four schools here in, in Clark and Oconee typically use Stegman Coliseum. Uh, the two Clark County schools would be on one day and the two Oconee schools would be on the next day. This year, 
we were scheduled to be uh, on Saturday, May 23rd at 3 o'clock uh, to hold our graduation at Stegman Coliseum on UGA's campus, but obviously uh, that's not going to take place. And so what we're going to do is kind of go ahead and add some closure to the school year and have a virtual graduation. Uh, there's been a ton of communication with our district office, uh, with North Oconee, uh, our counselors, our kind of folks that headed up our school level, and uh, we're working to put that, that virtual graduation together right now, um, working on some different timelines to make it uh, as seamless as possible, but also to honor and recognize uh, the different uh, folks within the class as far as the speeches, um, the folks that were involved in the traditional graduation. So we're working to get ready to film some of those um, and then try to work our way down towards uh, being able to recognize who the actual vow and vow uh, are for those uh, positions and have those speeches and, and recorded and sent to the company that's putting it together. And not only are we going to do a virtual, but we're also holding out uh, for late July that we can do a traditional uh, graduation. Obviously, the venue would be a little different, and it probably would be held on campus in our stadium, uh, but it will be something that we can get to that traditional model of, of graduation that everybody's accustomed to. So. In essence, we're definitely doing a virtual graduation on um, the same day, excuse me, the same day, the same time. It will be published and available uh, at 3 p.m. on uh, May 23rd, and then we're holding out to do the traditional graduation uh, in late July, should the restrictions be lifted. Okay, last question concerning uh, the COVID-19 uh, outbreak. How, how do you think this situation will change the way that we conduct our business in the future and what do you think is going to be our new normal you know that's one of the challenges that um, we've kind of been discussing with our staff whether it's in department meetings or emails that we send or videos that we send you know taking a, a step back and really looking at are we what are we getting out of this obviously there's some learning as far as the additional learning process but we've got to be able to learn and grow and take something from it uh, in order to be better as educators and better as a society so um, I think some perspective on how to handle certain situations, um, what actually is and truly important inside of our uh, the business of education as we see it, um, how important uh, things are that we maybe took for granted from day to day, as simple as a face-to-face -face conversation, um, the relationships that we build day to day with our students and staff. So I'm really hoping that uh, you know, we take a step back and just realize and take a, a, a aerial view of what's going on and really trying to figure out, you know, what's important inside of our business, uh, what's, what's something that we, could, we can trim away to make it a better experience for our staff and for our students. And, you know, the old saying that you never know what you got until it's gone kind of come, comes to mind uh, for me is that not being able to go inside the building and see kids and see teachers and uh, just have conversation in the face-to-face -face world. So I think the, the appreciation for what we had, and hopefully when we get back, it, it's not the you know running from point A to point B to point C. Maybe it's a little slower, and we have some time to enjoy uh, the pieces of our jobs that we maybe took for granted on a daily basis. Okay, let's talk about your um, your, your your latest assignment and your new placement there in in. Uh... Oconee County High School, you're going to 
promote from within there. You're, you've been one of the assistant principals there and the athletic director who's, who's, uh, who's helped support a lot of your, your teachers and you're moving into a new role. So um, what do you think prepared you the most for this latest assignment, being given the, the, the principal's job there at Oconee County High School? kind of look at the, the journey as a, as a big piece of this puzzle. I don't think there's any piece that has prepared me more or less uh, for the role. I'm very excited and humbled for the opportunity. Uh, I think the days of whether it's just teaching middle school to coaching to teaching high school to being a middle school assistant principal, and I think along the way you pick and select uh, in your mind, you're looking when that day comes, things that you can use and things that you probably don't want to use things that you see in other districts. There's a lot of experience that I've gained that, uh, from my eight years of being in Forsyth, Georgia, that uh, I definitely will recall on and lean on. And there's some things being a, back in the high school setting here and the, the relationship and the uh, building peace and working with community members here that I think will be, will be huge. I've been fortunate to work for uh, some great, great people in this business, yourself one of them. And, Ben Wiggins being another one, and so I think you know just pieces of of watching other leaders lead that I can take and uh, implement here at Oconee County High School. We have a, a great faculty and staff uh, who are who are invested in our students' lives, and so I think it's a it's a great place to be, and I think it's a, um, an opportunity that I'm, I'm just humbled and excited to uh, to have have the chance to go to work. Uh, come June 1st as the principal of Oconee County High School. I think one area that, that you kind of drug and pulled me into and not, not knowing what I was really getting into was some professional organizations within our state and uh, very thankful for that. Uh, many years ago when you asked me to start coming to fall conferences or get involved with this group or this organization, so I'm excited to, to use some of those relationships and conversations that I've had along the way that uh, that I think will help me. Uh, I still think that the old school mindset of uh, putting in time and, and effort uh, to earn a position is something that, uh, that I think is used. And so I'm, I believe there's no substitute in, in the going to work and working hard every day and dedicating yourself to a job that, uh, that, that will you know, help me in this process. But again, I'm not alone. This is a job bigger than Kevin Yancey, so I know there's great people at Oconee County High School, who will definitely make sure our students' best interests are brought forward each day. For listeners who may not know as much about Oconee County District, uh, what's one of the key strengths or advantages of working in Oconee? Well, fortunately, I've had an opportunity to work in other districts, uh, four other school districts, and as you see, each district has you know, strengths and special pieces and, and things that you kind of want to lean on. I think one strength in Oconee is the support of our uh, the community of our schools. I think our external stakeholders are uh, awesome. I think if you need something, if you have a need, if you have a concern, you can reach out and it's readily available. They'll support you uh, as the school system. And um, there have been many times in my five years here that uh, we needed something. We needed you know, in particular, uh, maybe it's items, maybe it's support, maybe it's, you know, presence uh, that our community members have uh, shown up tenfold and supported our, our students and our school community as a whole. 
Okay. As you think about your uh, vision starting to take shape there at, at Oconee, uh, what's something that you think your school could do better? And what are some improvement areas that you may have already identified? I think that uh, in our county, I think both high schools are very high-performing schools. Um, and often coming along with that are some high-stress points for our kids and our parents, uh, really around the academic success of kids. Uh, some people call it the push, of academic push. We're pushing kids too hard. But I think there's a fine line there somewhere where we've got to help our kids be able to balance the social-emotional learning piece. Um, with their emotional needs inside the stressors that schools bring. So I think our district has taken the, the initiative and, uh, for example, with the social-emotional learning, even during digital learning, we've started to incorporate a, what we call a Flex Friday. Uh, it's fun, it's leisure learning, emotional time and connections and extra learning and support. Uh, so our students are receiving new assignments Monday through Thursday. Nothing new on Friday. There's an optional social emotional learning uh, piece our district as a whole has pushed out. So I think it's the, we see this, the anxiety and the stress of our students uh, based in an academic setting like Oconee County High School, uh, that our kids are pushing and pushing and pushing. So we've got to help them manage uh, some of that stress and some of that emotional um, concern that they have about their grades. And so I think it's something that our district has taken a, a drive on. We've even added a, um, a fourth counselor at both high schools uh, for next school year. And part of that role is going to be surround the social emotional learning piece within the schools and then with the district as a whole. So excited to see where that, uh, where that uh, leads our students and leads our schools here in the coming years. I think you've probably touched on this question a little bit, but I'll go ahead and ask it. Uh, if you had to brag on one thing about Oconee County High School, what would it be? I'm going to kind of um, jump out and say two things. Our students and our faculty and staff. Our students are very engaged and driven to be successful in, in academic endeavors. Uh, they come to school and accept the challenges that our faculty and staff provide uh, for them day to day. Uh, and also, they're, they're the most accepting students body that I've had an opportunity to, to work with, I think, um, as far as differences in uh, students, new kids come in, or differences in kids show within within the school day, our students are very accepting. I think our faculty and staff uh, is the second piece of that because of their devotion to our students. They continually seek ways to learn and grow as professionals or, and are willing to meet our, our students wherever they are. So those two groups to me are the Okay, our final topic that we're going to move on into uh, centers around aspiring leaders and some advice uh, that you may give them. So what advice would you give to a teacher who is considering a move into educational leadership? Well, it feels just like yesterday that I was asking you that same question at Mary Persons High School. So um, I think some of the pieces of information or advice that have been given to me is is to get involved, you know, find ways to get involved necessarily not inside of your role sometimes and maybe outside of your role to, to grow and learn. So um, be willing to take on responsibilities to gain the new experiences. And, and I would challenge, you know, sometimes in the world we live in, people always want some kind of uh, payment for new experiences or new opportunities or new responsibilities. But be willing to jump in and be willing to learn and grow 
with your payment being the new growth and knowledge that you gain. So there's tons of opportunities that administrators and any school builder are willing to allow people to work on and just be willing to jump out there and put yourself out there. And it's okay to ask questions. You may not get the answer that you want or the answer that you think you need to hear or the one that meets your individual opinion, but it's the one that's from the administrator's seat that's looking at the global view of the school. Second thing I think you can do is attend conferences with state organizations. Get out and meet folks outside of the walls of your building. They're probably great leaders at every school, but they're also great leaders at every school within the state. So figure out what other people are doing. Pick their brain. At those conferences, just sit and listen sometimes. The speakers are great, but a lot of the conversation goes on in the hallways. Just listen to people when they talk. And the last piece is to read and continue and find other professional learning opportunities, whether it's through social media, blogs, books. Go back and further your education. Try to get another graduate level degree or try to see what the academic world is, how in touch your academic piece is with your everyday practices inside the building. So tons of opportunities. I think the big piece is, number one, is just stepping up and saying, hey, this is something that I want to do. This is the direction I want to move in. Be willing to let some folks guide you and groom you a little bit. Be prepared for I think I asked a ton of questions. Be prepared for some answers you're not always really ready to get sometimes. All right, let's take that question and go to the next level with it. So what advice would you give to an assistant principal who's considering a move to the principal's position? Well, it's kind of a tough question for me as I will be uh, taking on my first principal position you know, as of June 1st. I think for me, my goal was to do my job to the best of my ability, to be an asset and valuable uh, to our students, staff, and community. Um, I always, my, my father always kind of raised us to understand the basic qualities of hard work and effort uh, and team over me, kind of old school stuff, are very important as a leader in the school building. Um, I've always grown to know that whether I have the title of assistant principal, athletic director, uh, principal, uh, that no position title uh, gives me permission to, you know, throttle down and, and kind of backpedal my my effort level or my energy or my time uh, that I bring to work each day. So I know that, you know, there's more responsibility on my plate uh, as I move into the principal chair, but also understand that, you know, I'm here to do a job and I'm here to uh, to be that person, that point person, but I've got to learn uh, to lean and delegate a little bit. And again, there's no replacement for the professional organizations in our state. I think GASSP and Gail are are great organizations and there's plenty of opportunities to get out and meet other principals, other assistant principals and ask questions and ask for feedback and uh, you know you can't use exactly what everybody's doing at, at a certain school but you can take pieces of it and come back and um, try to implement that as a school leader. As you reflect on your own transition into educational leadership, did you did you have like a traditional pathway to your leadership or what would you have done differently or what would you have done the same when you when you kind of think back on moving from teacher and coach athletic director assistant principal to now principal 
what are some thoughts that you can that you can give towards that? I think I was uh, very fortunate in Monroe County to get involved in an aspiring leaders program that the district was offering. Um, I was coaching football and teaching at Mary Persons High School when I got involved in that. And uh, from there, I got involved in Middle Georgia Research Rising Stars program. So I think I, I kind of took the traditional route and from there uh, was, was had an opportunity to interview for an assistant principal job at a middle school level. And... Um, served in, in a couple of capacities where at that middle school level and transitioned here to Oconee County High School for an assistant principal and athletic director job. And, um, so I think my, my road was a traditional route, more so the fact um, of spending a small amount of time, so this is year nine as an assistant principal, and along the way there have been moments that I've been um, not patient and a little uneasy and want to move a little faster versus letting the process take care of itself. But I, I think that was a, an opportunity for me to kind of learn and grow through uh, working with different principals who led in different ways and allowed me to see and learn from what they have uh, what they were demonstrating uh, at that point. Uh, you know, so I think I've had the traditional pathway into the principalship. Um, I'm just hoping my my nine years of AP will, experience will pay off once I take over on uh, June 1st and that I can lean on some of this previous experience and lean on those previous leaders to uh, help Oconee County High School be successful. And finally, uh, you've touched on this a little bit, but how important do you think it is for educational leaders to be involved in, in their state associations or even aspiring leaders to be involved in their state associations? That's kind of one thing I wish I would have done a little earlier. I think that, uh, like I mentioned earlier, you, you were the one that kind of led me into the GASST. And, um, I think it's super important. I think it's uh, an opportunity to get out. and You know what happens inside your district, or you know what you think happens inside your district, and then you have an opportunity to go out and see what other districts are doing. I think there's no um, better professional development or professional learning uh, than getting out and having those conversations. And whether if it's as an aspiring leader or if it's as an assistant principal or principal, I think it's something that we all owe our students and our school communities and our staff, our faculty and staff, to be the best person we can be. And if we're really doing that, then I think it's reaching out to others and seeing what they're doing at their schools and bring it some of those ideas and concepts back in order to to continue to uh, perform at the level we do. So I think there's uh, really no excuse for not being involved in those organizations. And I think they're, I think the, the benefits you get is, is definitely tenfold from what you what you put into those professional organizations. Well, that's all our time that we have here for episode 16 of our first season here on the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, which is a podcast by high school principals for high school principals and for all educators in Georgia. Again, I'm your host, Jim Finch, and I want to thank today's guest, Mr. Kevin Yancey, the newly named principal at Oconee County High School, is today's guest. So thank you, Mr. Yancey, for taking time out of your busy schedule and sitting down and speaking with us today. Dr. Fitz, I appreciate it and uh, very grateful for the opportunity. And uh, I continue to listen to the podcast and probably won't listen to this one, but 
and but I my episode but I always enjoy hearing the guests you have on here and um, just excited to learn and grow just by listening to what other people are doing. Well, we're thrilled that you were able to join us today, and as all as always, uh, to our podcast listeners, please feel free to share this podcast on all platforms of social media, and we look forward to recording future podcast future podcasts with other principals in our great state. So for now, we are signing off, and thanks for listening. <laughs>